What can Bryce Butler do for you this weekend? Can Tom Brady make Rob Gronkowski owners happy in week five? And is this the game that we finally see Golden Tate break out in 2016? Plus, Buff Shapiro, the week four leader in the Football Guys Players Championship, is here to tell us why he made the bold move to start Matt Ryan over Russell Wilson and his thoughts on starting Jay Ajayi this weekend. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We run a brand with a structure the number one commitment. It's all a joke between mom and dragons and compensated. Thank you very much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com and heard right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is, of course, the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak, coming up on tonight's show. Should you be worried about Stephon Diggs missing this weekend? What can you expect from the Oakland backfield going forward? And Buff Shapiro, the week four FPC leader, chimes in on bi-week preparation, Quincy Inunua, and much, much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. You uh, all can post questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak is where you can do so. You can also watch Hyman and give us a call, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVER. And, of course, football at gmail.com is the HSFF Hours inbox. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. Of course, our producer and mutual friend Rob, audio engineer Bryce, getting all those uh, chat room questions, tweets, emails right here on the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Dave, welcome in. A Friday night. Big Friday night for you. It is your daughter's birthday tonight. Yep, it was great, Balky. Uh, happy birthday to uh, Olivia. Yep. And she is what now, 26 years old, 27? She's 12. 12, okay. Yep. She looks older than, than her age. She's very mature for yeah, her age. Clearly. Uh, and your mother's in town. Yep. It's uh, quite the, the soiree for you this weekend. Three generations here tonight. That's crazy. You know, I was who, trying to get my mom actually to come on and uh, be interviewed, but I, feel she, like, I think she passed. Yeah, the, 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 she last, we tried to do that before. Two or three years. I, yeah. I feel like when she was in town, we tried to get her to come on, and she always politely declined. She's big-timing us. I know. She is. Rob, we need to get uh, in touch with uh, Gerzak's Ger- mom's agent. <laughs> and uh, maybe, you know, we can talk to her people and, and, and skip the middleman of Dave. You know, you, you could ask her all sorts of questions like, you know, when did Dave stop peeing his pants and all just great stuff. I didn't know you stopped. Oh, uh, you know, I, I was under the impression that that was still an ongoing thing. <laughs> well, now it's more for fun and leisure. <laughs> yeah, just relaxation. You know who else's uh, birthday is? And I'll wish him a happy birthday. Former Hootis co-host Fred Osmond. Yeah, Fred. Turns cool. 52 today. <laughs> Shut up. Nah. <laughs> Nice. He's 49. But um, in all uh, seriousness, it's a big week uh, in uh, fantasy football. Week five, we're coming up 
uh, into uh, the, the meatiest part of the season. Obviously, with the bye weeks coming up, this is where you can flex your depth, pun intended. Uh, we have uh, a third of the season gone by in both the FFPC main event and Football Guys Players Championship regular season. So hopefully you are making hay because the sun won't be shining there forever. Get those points in now while you can. My Kentucky teams are hurting, man. They're <laughs> are not they? great. Not I, I'll tell you this. Next year, because um, I went so heavy on receivers this year, and my running backs are just a train wreck, and it doesn't help that I – my running a lot. Of, I have a lot of Arian Foster, Rashad Jennings, Jamal Charles teams. That's not helping things. Uh, you're right about that. Okay, but I have all these great receivers. I can't play on my bench every week. And didn't maybe I, that, didn't I tell you not to draft all those receivers? I don't think you did. I think I did at some point. I I think here's my problem. I kept saying I'm, don't draft all those. Don't go too crazy. Well, I didn't go too crazy. But yeah, I'll I'll did. say this. I'll say this. I think what I my biggest detriment this season. I was too good at picking late round receivers. Too much Will Fuller on yeah, my team. Too nice. many Stephon Diggs on my team. Too many uh, – who's another uh, – T- T- Terrell Pryor I have on like three or four teams. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is a, that's, uh, that's a good problem to have. Yeah. Well, it's not. I mean, well, I'm, I'm actually rooting for these bye weeks because hopefully I can start four top 25 options every single yeah. week. But I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm pretty happy with my team so far. Well, congratulations, man. Just, you're, you know, you're doing very well. My, uh, you have running backs. You know, got a few of them. More than me. I uh, want to remind everybody to check out the High Stakes Lowdown's uh, latest episode on rotoviz.com this week. Joe oh, Bianco. That's Mr. A, your new show. It's called High Stakes Lowdown, right? The High Stakes Lowdown. Oh. <laughs> okay. Good one. Well-crafted. <laughs> Joe Bianco, Mr. Fantasy, was on there this week. Had a lot of interesting conversations with him. Uh, talked about Cam Newton potentially regressing. We talked about uh, the preparation he puts in to uh, uh, his drafts and his, uh, his lineups every single week. Very interesting stuff. Does that show have the energy of this show, Balky? I don't think no any, jersey I don't, has no listen, energy. I don't, I don't think anything has the energy of this show. <laughs> That's right. It's Not necessarily a compliment. Uh, thanks to Roto World and Rob for tonight's rundown. Let's uh, talk about Quincy and Noonwa to kick things off. He was actually added to the injury report today. Questionable officially against the Steelers this week. Eric Decker's already been ruled out. Jalen Marshall, doubtful for the Jets as well. So if Noonwa were to miss, clearly Brandon Marshall would be in for, I don't know, 77, 78 targets, something like that this weekend. Yep. Um, and uh, the fact that Noonwa was added today, you, mean, you and I have talked about this on the show, never good when a player is added to the injury report uh, later on in the week. You usually don't even get it on a Friday. It's usually a Thursday. So Friday is kind of rare. Right. Uh, Robbie Anderson would be the number two guy. Uh, I just read before we came on the air tonight, uh, the beat writers are expecting that Inunua will start and uh, be fine for this game. But, you know, both he and Marshall are banged up. I'm actually starting Inunua in Carrington this week. So what if he's not going to play? He got somebody else? Yeah, I'll, I'll – flex out uh, somebody. All right. uh, probably DeAndre Washington, actually, yeah. is, is who I would put in. Getting, Another great getting, option on my little, Carrington team. Get a little dire. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's not great. Uh, Henry Mudo uh, calling, uh, calling me out on Carlos Hyde in the chat room tonight. You know what? Deservedly so. Totally biff that trade. I'm so upset. It's like Carlos Hyde waited until he was off my roster and then just completely turned it on. So frustrating. Didn't quite work out. He's uh, he's doing very well Not so yet. far. The thing is, it's like I look at it, you know. So what, do, San Francisco do, is like they're not in these games, and he's still putting up fantasy points late in the game, which I don't understand. The, can you replay the trade at least? DeAndre Washington, um, Latavius Murray, and a second round pick for. Um, Carlos Hyde, a third-round pick, and I gave up, like, some other 
scrub, like garbage type player. <laughs> oh uh, no, it wasn't. It was uh, Sammy Coates actually, who actually oh, really? looked good last week oh, too. Brother. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> really unfortunate. That's too I'm hoping that maybe this 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 opens up the trade gates for me that everybody want to trade with me now. People just shut off the show after they heard that trade. Yeah, they're like, all right, less bulky, more Gerzak, <laughs> more Buff Shapiro, who we have coming up uh, at quarter past the uh, the hour here. We're going to talk to him about leading the Football Guys Players Championship. Certainly, uh, a much better resume uh, for you people uh, to listen to Buff Shapiro tonight than than I have. Does Bryant miss Cowboys practice? Today, the NFL Network reported yesterday that uh, Des Bryant's probably not going to play against the Cincinnati Bengals. Bryce Butler going to be starting outside for the uh, Cowboys this weekend against the Bengals. Nine targets last week. Did pretty good. I think he caught five, five I want to say like five for 50, something like that, uh, last week. I picked Butler up in probably, I don't know, three or four leagues this week. Okay. And honestly, I'll probably end up having to drop him when, when the buys hit me um, uh, for running backs and stuff like that. But if Dez were to miss extended time, I mean, we, we don't know exactly how serious this injury is. I mean, if you listen to Jerry Jones, it sounds like it's a pain tolerance thing. If you listen to uh, some other medical doctors, they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be gone for a few weeks, not just one. And this would be a second week that he missed. But Bryce Butler, Dave, sticking him into any lineups this weekend as maybe uh, your second flex in an FFPC format. Yeah, I mean, if you have to, I guess you could throw him in there. I wouldn't be super excited about it. You're definitely not thrilled with the prospects of what uh, Bryce Butler could be doing for your team this weekend in regards to fantasy points. I'm not. I just don't think he's a, you know, he's a marginal talent that's starting just out of desperation. Right. You would rather play Beasley in that case then? You know, I actually, I was hoping for more from Beasley last week. But right. Uh, probably a little bit. But, you know, I don't know. It's, it's tough because Beasley didn't get as many targets. I would actually probably follow the targets. I'd probably go with Butler, actually. And in FFPC formats, if you had the decision or if you had the option, you're clearly playing Witten above those three, if the, above those two, if Bryant is, in fact, out. Probably. I'd have to look at Witten's numbers again. Witten hasn't been killing it either. He hasn't been killing it, but he does get a point and a half for catch. He does catch. get the extra point. Yeah. He gets the extra half point. Stefan Diggs, Dave, not practicing again today. This according to Chad Graff on Twitter. Diggs missed every single practice for the Vikings this week because of a groin issue. Now, he still could play against Houston, uh, but clearly this is not good. When a player does not practice all week, chances are he's not going to play. And it's not like Diggs is like some grizzled veteran that doesn't need to practice to play. Uh, I think that people are not talking about this, and they probably should be. Uh, Diggs, uh, the last couple of weeks, has not done very well, and you can attribute that to the groin maybe. Houston Texans' defense is no slouch either, I think that we can put that part of it to rest because if Diggs is healthy, you have to play him uh, this week uh, unless you have some insane options. And I have great receivers, and I'm still playing Diggs. You know what I mean? Like uh, right now, you are. Oh, yeah, right now he's in my lineup. But I mean, I will. He's not playing. You don't think he is? So you think this is uh, like uh, not sneaking up on people? They should realize this. He has a Sunday one o'clock game. He's in practice today. He's not going to play. Well, the Vikings haven't ruled him out officially. He's out. Okay. No chance he plays. Let me ask you this. He's out. What are you doing with uh, – I mean, I don't think a lot of people own Charles Johnson, but Kyle Rudolph to me is almost like an automatic start at that point. Yeah, Rudolph's an automatic start already. I mean, he's playing like a tight end one right now. Yeah, he's crushing it. Bradford loves throwing to the tight end, loves throwing to Rudolph. Uh, he wants someone who can catch. 
Just like you guys catch, catchers. What, what about a preemptive pickup on Laquan Treadwell if this groin injury is uh, more serious than Diggs uh, is letting on? Is Treadwell even, like, next in line? I mean, that guy has been so terrible. Well, Charles John, you know, honestly, Charles who, you know, honestly, who this could be a big boon for in fantasy value is Adam Thielen. Because we've seen Bradford hook up with him several times downfield. Uh, Thielen's been making plays. So I think that that's a guy uh, that you should probably be looking at if, if Diggs is out. Yeah, I think that's the play, Thielen. I think a lot of sure, – I mean, you know, obviously the waivers are, are going to process tonight before a lot of people hear this. But I think Thielen, if, if you have the means, stick, and he's still available in your league. He's not available in a ton of leagues, but he's out there in a few. Stick a few bucks on him tonight if you own Diggs. And he's not the worst consolation prize. Maybe I should pick him up in the Scotch Fishbowl while we're on the air here. You definitely can do that. There's a first come, first serve at this point in that in that league right now. Yeah, how cute. <laughs> Dave Gerzak, not invited to the 2017 <laughs> Scott Fishbowl. Well, I mean, this is supposed to be pro-ism. They have first come, first serve ghetto waivers. I mean, it's ridiculous. Ghetto waivers. Aunt Jemima bringing up in the chat room, lest we forget. The magic cord. <laughs> Corderell Patterson, Dave. Yeah. He actually, I placed some bids on him this week. I had, I had guys ahead of him in priority that I ended up yeah. winning over, over uh, Patterson. But pedigreed guy, looked like he was pretty involved in what the Minnesota wanted to do on offense last week. You could do a lot worse than picking up the magic cord. Sure could. LaShawn McCoy injured his hand today in practice. Listed as questionable for the game against the Los Angeles Rams is expected to play according to ESPN. The probable designation is no longer uh, a possibility on the injury report. LaShawn McCoy is uh, listed as questionable. A reporter asked Rex Ryan today if McCoy will play. Rex Ryan, in typical Rex Ryan fashion, smiled as if there were no, as if he had no concern, and said he's questionable. <laughs> so LaShawn McCoy, I think that um, you know what's interesting with him. A lot of people picked up Mike Gillisley. A lot of people had already, you know, drafted, in some cases, Jonathan Williams. A lot of people were looking at Carlos Williams because Buffalo was going to work him out, and then they canceled that workout this week. So it sounds like it's Williams and Gillisley, probably Gillisley. Hopefully you have Gillisley just in case, but I feel like McCoy is playing. I I think that there is not a lot of smoke here. I think, yeah, I think that's accurate. I think he's going to play. Yeah, I I just – I can't see – Rex Ryan just being that flippant about it. If it was a, I mean, that's your meal ticket in Buffalo. There's no Sammy Watkins there. They've refused to use Charles Clay at all. It, you can't run your offense through Robert Woods. Uh, I, I can't imagine him being, um, you know, so at ease and comfy with uh, with McCoy being injured if it uh, wasn't a, a serious injury. Michael Floyd, Dave, what the hell? What? No surprise for me, buddy. No. I told you he sucks before the season. No, he still sucks. No catches on three targets in last night's uh, win over the 49ers. Uh, one of the targets came without with, with the game out of reach very late in the game. Drew Stanton obviously was throwing him the football, not Carson Palmer. Uh, Stanton only had 11 completions all evening, and somehow Larry Fitzgerald had 17 catches. I don't know how that works. Uh, but Fitz, Fitz crushed, it, crushed it last night. Michael Floyd did not. He now has 12 catches through five games on the season. John Brown is out snapping him. Michael Floyd plays against the Jets next week. I don't think you can play him with any kind of confidence. What's wrong with Michael Floyd? I, I, the Roto World blurb said he's pressing, right? He is, he's in a contract year right now, and, I, and Bruce Arian sort of alluded to that, that he's trying to do too much on the field. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, again, I, don't, I just don't think he's all that great of a player. And, I mean, Fitz is still playing like he's in his prime. Actually, he's playing great. 
John Brown's doing all right, and David Johnson gets so many looks. It's uh, that's just they're just not. He's just not that great. I don't not that good of a player. He didn't get that many targets last year either. Right. What I don't understand is um, how if if that's the case, how did he just crush it the last two months of last year? He was fantastic last year. Really, it seemed like that was the breakout that we'd all been waiting for for Michael Floyd. And now this year, it's back to you know what we saw the first couple of years of his career. So you think. Um, he is more – he's definitely closer to his true self as far as what he did the first couple of years in the league and not what he did at the end of last year. That's, that's what I think, yes. I don't know what to do with him in Dynasty then. I think, well, you I think said he's you've, just, been wait, you've been waiting for I, well, I told you. Game. I told you a few weeks ago what I, I said what I was going to do was um, wait till he had a good game <laughs> and then shop him around the league, just send out uh, Michael Floyd for a second-round pick to every team in the league. And then um, two-packer, I believe, or no, was it you? I can't remember how it came up, but then, then you Let's were – talk more about our local league. Well, no, I want to talk about this, this, <laughs> this because then you said whoever, whoever owned – you owned Watkins. So you said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to offer Watkins to every team in the league for a second-round pick. I'm like, don't do that. That's going to make my, my Michael <laughs> Floyd market value like down to a fourth-rounder. You know, I was kind of kidding, but honestly, if you trade, try to trade Watkins for a random future first, you might get someone to take it, but maybe not. Um, are you? His value is so depressed at this point. Right. If you're down on Michael Floyd, and you know that Fitzgerald and John Brown are starting ahead of him, what? I mean, is there any fantasy value? And we could talk talk about this from a redraft standpoint or a dynasty standpoint um, with JJ Nelson, Jerron Brown. I mean, is there anything there with those guys? Uh, I don't really think so. I mean, I think it's just John Brown's valuable, Fitz is valuable, that's it. Jerron Brown, I, I think Jerron Brown actually is a pretty impressive player. Whenever I see him get, he, he does pretty well. So I think he could do well in some other, on some other team, some other organization, or if Fitz or John Brown should happen to leave, I think he could actually be productive. But I just don't see him being all that great as a third receiver. You know, people have been talking about, like, this is the, the beginning of the end of Carson Palmer's career as well, because he, he had the meltdown sort of at the end of, of last season, did not play very well, was awful in the NFC Championship game against the Carolina Panthers. Now he gets injured this year after coming off a, a couple of bad weeks. I mean, are we sort of overrating the Arizona receivers in general, given that Carson Palmer might be on his last legs? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would say that. I mean, even if he's kind of – he's not going to drop just to go into the, totally into the toilet. I think he'll be all right. And if, if he does, they'll have somebody else they can put out there. Stanton wasn't all that great, but he wasn't god-awful. So if Palmer gets injured like he does occasionally, you know, maybe he'll be right. I don't, I don't think they're drafting. They might draft someone pretty soon, like, you know, first, second, third-round pick. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to take someone, like, as their future franchise quarterback, like, maybe not the first, like second or third, one of those flyer-type quarterbacks. You know what Bruce Aarons is going to do? He's just going to look for whoever has the biggest arm in the draft but doesn't have, like, the, necessarily the, the, the mental acuity that you would see from a guy with a big arm in the first round. Like, oh, we can get this guy. He can launch at 60 yards. He'll be fine. And that's what's going to happen, there you go. in my opinion. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our first segment. We're going to be uh, taking a break here. And then when we come back, Buff Shapiro, the leader of the Football Guys Players Championship, heading into week five. You're listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak coming at you, and we are bringing in tonight's guest right now. Currently leading the 2016 Football Guys Players Championship, 
Buff Shapiro. We welcome Buff into the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour now. Welcome to the show. How's it going, guys? We're uh, we're doing very, very well. Excited to have you on. Are you excited, given it's uh, we're yeah. only four weeks into the season, are you excited to be on top of 60, what is, what is it, 6,899 other teams heading into week five? It's early. It's early. It's a little exciting, but it's early. Well, Buff, Buff let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you do uh, when you're not leading the Football Guys Players Championship. Uh, tell us what you do for a living. Uh, I'm a sports handicapper. Yeah, baby. There you go. I like it. I like it quite a bit. So, so do you have any? Do you have any free plays that you can give us live on the show tonight? <laughs> Those cost money, Valky. No, I just want the freebies that are like you know probably won't pan out, but just something that, that I can enjoy. Do you just do NFL or do you don't, college college no, football as well? Don't don't bet football. How about that? That's the first one. Yeah. <laughs> you should talk to my buddy Leroy and just give him some coaching advice on uh, wagering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I bet football fun, but you can't you can't make a living betting NFL. So I I heard where it's at, Buff is uh, is NBA. You can really crush NBA. I heard college hoops and, or college football. Yep, yeah, NBA and college hoops. That's what I that's what I do. That's what I make my living. There you go. No, perfect, perfect. Do you run a service or do you just do it privately? No, just privately. Damn it. I, uh, I mean, oh, that's cool. 15 years. You get honest questions here, Buff. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. I like it. <laughs> no problem. All right, so, hey, Buff, congrats on being top of the FF, uh, FPC after four weeks. The third tight end you drafted in the 13th round, Cameron Brait. You must have known that ASJ had a little bit of an issue with Well, I think we all knew he had issues. With life. <laughs> so he's looking pretty good so far. How do you think he finishes among tight ends this year? I think he'll finish top eight. I mean, Winston, if you go all the way back to his high school days, he's always been in love with, you know, throwing the football to his tight end. So I think he's going to be the number two target all year long. I mean, Vincent, Vincent Jackson's 50 years old. He's not catching anything. Got that right. I think the other thing to, to keep in mind, and Buff brings it up, like I, 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 full disclosure, I can't speak what Jameis Winston was doing in high school, but I know watching him at Florida State – uh, in uh, in his collegiate career, he threw to Nick O'Leary a ton of uh, of to- a yeah. ton of times, and Nick O'Leary was uh, you know ended up being like first team All ACC a couple of years with Winston. So I think that that's the precedent's already been set there. And how excited were people in dynasty leagues, Dave, about drafting ASJ, knowing that Jameis Winston loved throwing to his tight end. Now ASJ is gone. You have Cameron Brait there, who's really stepped in and made a name for himself putting up insane numbers if you extrapolate it over a 16-game season, looking very, very good. Uh, and, uh, and Buff, I mean, this is a big reason why he's in first place o- over everybody else, drafting Cameron Brait while ASJ was still on the team. Uh, that's, that's definitely a shrewd move. Uh, your 14th round pick, uh, Buff, in that same draft, Terrell Pryor has been paying dividends so far. Tell us what you liked about him. Uh, in this draft, which this draft was done, I believe, August 22nd, so like three weeks before the season started, he was slated to be essentially fifth on the team in targets behind, at the time, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, Gary Barnage, uh, and Duke Johnson. And, and you draft prior in the 14th round. He has the, the blow-up uh, in, in week three. Week four, he gets in the end zone again. Talk a little bit about what you liked about him, even back then, uh, that you wanted to make sure that he made it on your roster. Well, I mean, a lot of it was just dumb luck with with Pryor. I mean, I did hear things about, you know, what it, what an athlete he was, and for the last 
you know, three, three, four years, they were trying to convert him over to receiver because they just they knew the abilities he had and how fast he was. And a lot of people were saying they reminded him of Josh Gordon, which obviously Josh Gordon would be great if he could just lay off the drugs. So, I mean, anybody that can remind you of Josh Gordon and his skills should be good. But to be honest with you, I think it was just more dumb luck. I mean, I got him on a lot of teams. I just I liked what I heard, Every, all the podcasts I was listening to. I just, you know, I liked what was coming out of the camp. You know, people have said, you and I, Dave, we'd, we'd have a great podcast here. We'd have a great show if we could lay off the drugs. <laughs> Clearly, we have problems with that. It's, it's, it's awful. The caffeine, the steroids. We need to start doing, like, the ecstasy. Peyote or something. Well, I mean, I, that, was, that was year two of this show. We all, we all know how that ended up. That was the peyote year? That was the peyote year, yeah. And, and now we've, we, had to, we had to switch to, to some, uh, some stuff that's a little bit uh, less harsh, yeah. shall we say. Yeah. Yep. we got to get the edibles going. <laughs> every, every week, bring up the edibles on the Just, show. I don't know, just not the synthetic marijuana. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, that's, that's interesting that um, – I, I don't know if you saw this, Dave. The NFL just banned um, synthetic marijuana. They added that to the, uh, the list of banned drugs. You mean it was yeah. legal before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why Chandler Jones – remember when he had that freak out in that parking lot in, in uh, oh, yeah. Boston or whatever? <laughs> like the stuff you buy at like one of those, those weird T-shirt shops or whatever where or, they sell pipes? Or, or like your, or buddy, your, your buddy mixes something. Oh, and like, God. you know what I mean? Like yeah. just, just throw something together. You, you don't know where it's coming from. But oh, anyway. Don't do drugs, yeah, kids. Crazy. Right. You're, or you'll end up like you, we're the uh, poster child or ch- poster children <laughs> for what happens if you end up doing drugs. Yeah, when you Google image search, then you know you see those pictures. Yeah, it's me and you <laughs> with headphones and, and a microphone. Great. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that, that guy that supposedly ate that guy's face off at college dude in Florida was supposedly on that synthetic marijuana. It's crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. That was the. Um, I mean, I, I've heard like that. That when people were saying there was going to be a zombie outbreak or whatever, it was always synthetic marijuana <laughs> and bath salt. You know, like that was the other big thing yeah. that you heard, like because people were trying, they would hallucinate and they would try, like literally eating people's faces. It was crazy. Yeah. You know, I thought I was it's hallucinating crazy. last week when I saw Matt Ryan go for forty plus fantasy points. You and everyone else. <laughs> and Buff, you were smart enough to start him over Russell Wilson um, against the Jets. Now, granted, Ryan was playing the Panthers, though, and Panthers traditionally have had a good defense. Uh, why did you think that Ryan would have success on a previously solid pass defense like Carolina? Well, like you said previously was the key word. I mean, they lost Josh Norman. Um, not that I think he's one of the top, you know, corners in the league, but in their system, he fit that system perfect. And the corners they got out there now, I think it's either one or two rookies they got. And I would start anybody against them all year long. And Russell I Wilson think- and Russell Wilson hasn't shown me anything until last week. I mean, and if you look at Russell Wilson last year, he shit the bed for the first, what, seven weeks, eight weeks, and then was a top three quarterback after that? Yes, yeah, so do you think Russell Wilson is a little bit overrated? I mean, granted, he's on your team, but do you think he's a little bit overrated in general? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm not starting Russell Wilson until he you know, starts putting consistent weeks up. Buff I, I, Buff, I think you bring up a good point about the Carolina defense, too, and I think this is something that people who own – um, you know, any Saints, Falcons, Buccaneers, you don't really have to fear starting those guys against that Carolina secondary now. And, I mean, we saw they, they released the guy who, who um, was covering Julio Jones uh, the majority of the game. I can't think of yeah, what his name I, is. I know who you're talking about. 
Yeah, I mean, they, his initials are BB. That's all I know. But they and released the him. Are, Ron Rivera said, open competition in the secondary now. There's Nobody has a, you know, we're going to look at reshuffling the, the guys back there. There's no, like, dominant defense in that division anymore. There could be, like, insane shootouts in the NFC South with New Orleans, Tampa, Atlanta, and Carolina the rest of the year when they have these interdivision games. And I think that if, if you're playing, if you're looking at, especially in the bye weeks hit, if you're looking at, like, a fringe option, and it's like, oh, man, I need somebody to stick in here. What about Michael Thomas against the Falcons? What, what about, um, you know, uh, uh, Cameron Brait against, uh, against Carolina? What about um, uh, if Devin Funches could ever get healthy against Tampa? You know what I mean? Oh, it just go, it goes on and on. There's so many guys I there. Dra- that- I drafted that bum on, like, eight teams, Funches. <laughs> oh, he's a bum. I drafted him everywhere. He, he really let me down. Well, and he's battling, I think, like a toe injury or a foot injury or something right now. But he is certainly, I mean, he was a darling uh, coming up onto uh, the, the main event drafts in, in, uh, in Las Vegas. Um, he was rising up draft boards, and he certainly has not performed to the level that people thought uh, they were going to get when they ended up drafting him. Um, no. But I, I think I, I'm still, I don't own fun. I think I own Funchess on maybe one team. I'm not giving up on him at this point, but I'm telling you, if, if he doesn't show something soon, I'm going to have to drop guys uh, to fill in starting roster spots as the season gets deeper. And Funchess is, uh, is certainly a guy. He's I would, on the list. I, he, he is definitely on the list of, uh, but you got, you got more faith that you got more faith than me. I think I've cut him almost on everything. He might be, I got 12 teams. I think he might be on one team now. I had him on like 18. <laughs> he, I mean, if you look at the the ad drops every week, which by the way we should bring that up too, uh, Fantasy Mojo, Dave. Yeah, that's uh, a really good good. Fa- Fantasy Mojo actually has um, the list of all the ad drops in every FFPC league: the Football Guys Players Championship, Dynasty League, Ancillary Leagues, uh, the other satellite leagues. You can find out who was dropped and how many leagues they were dropped in. You can find out who was picked up, how much they the high end bid was for them, how much the low end bid was for them, the average bid. Really cool tool. Thanks to Darren Armani and Fantasy Mojo. You can check that out at fantasymojo.com. Uh, certainly invaluable uh, for high stakes players, especially when you're placing those bids on Wednesdays. But right now, we're talking with uh, Buff Shapiro, the Football Guys Players Championship leader, heading into week five of the NFL season. And week five is a big week for many reasons, but maybe none more important than it is the return of Tom Brady to the New England Patriots this weekend. And clearly, Rob Gronkowski is... the return of women watching football. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we're in uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month yeah. as well. So if just, you haven't noticed... That, that, that was a scheme pulled off by the NFL <laughs> to have Brady come back the first uh, October uh, weekend of football. But uh, Rob Gronkowski has not done anything close to what owners have expected of him this year. Tom Brady comes back this week. A lot of people are saying Gronk will be back to normal. I'm not convinced. Buff, what are your feelings on uh, Gronkowski now that Brady is going to be throwing to him once again? So let me start by saying I agree with you 100%. Um, I didn't, you know, it's the first time I've been in a league where you get a point and a half per reception for tight end, so it was very tempting to draft Gronk when he fell to me a couple times at 7 or 8 or even one time at 10. But I just think with the added weapons they have, Bennett, obviously being one of them, Hogan being another one of them, that even if he was healthy, wasn't going to have the kind of year you're used to. And I just had a bad taste in my mouth. Last year I drafted him. First time – I actually he fell to me in the second round last year. And it was the first time I ever drafted a tight end early, and I just regretted it the whole year. So, I, you know, 
I ended up taking them on one out of the 12 teams. I took them once. I think it was like six overall, and boy, do I regret it. Yeah, that's I'm, – I'm regretting all my Gronk picks. Yeah, you, it seems – Dave, you, you seem to grab Gronkowski in a lot of spots this year, and I do think – I mean, clearly you're not going to drop him. Um, but, I mean, you've no. already mentioned him a couple of times this year. Uh, and as we go forward, I, I, I am concerned that New England um, is, is covering up uh, how serious that injury is that Gronk had in the preseason. He it just, seems like it, yeah. just does not look very Gronkish. Maybe, maybe when's the bye week for those guys? I don't know when, when New England's bye week. But, I mean, obviously, coming, coming off of that, you're going to be very excited to, uh, to play him uh, with that extra week of rest with Tom Brady hopefully getting on the same page uh, as him as well. So let's talk a little bit about the great Kenneth Dixon. I guess we'll see if he's great. The great, right? yeah. <laughs> wow, you're really giving him top billing here. No, it's, you know, it's, what is he, fourth-round draft pick? Something like that. People hype this guy up. So Kenneth Dixon's making his not very much anticipated debut this week. Uh, Justin Forsett's uh, looking for a job. And then you have Terrence <laughs> West, who's been playing pretty well. He had a good week last week. Do you own uh, West, by the way? And if you do, and if you own Dixon, also you can answer the same way. What are you doing with those two guys? I, I mean, this week I start West pretty much 100%, 100% uh, of the time this week. After this week, I don't start, I don't start either guy until I until I see what the coach is going to do. Unless unless West rushes for over 100 yards again and you know, he clamps down that job, but they're saying Dixon's supposed to be the man and I mean, until until I hear otherwise, I, I don't want anything to do with either one of them. Yeah, the the thing is is I mean, as long as West is out there producing, I don't see how Baltimore can just start giving Kenneth Dixon carries. You know, if West is producing and the Ravens are winning, that's that's the combination that John Harbaugh is gonna gonna want to go with. So I'm with you. I, I think that you you keep. I, I, for me, I would play West if I needed somebody uh, to stick in as my flex, or maybe if uh, if I needed a second running back, I'd feel okay about it this weekend. No way would I play Dixon uh, this weekend. And then if West no. goes back to the West that we've been, become accustomed to over his NFL career, and then Dixon gets in and maybe flashes and has a couple of plays, then the whole works is gummed up again. And then, you then, and like Buff said, then you can't trust either one of them. Uh, we have much more to talk about with Buff Shapiro, the football guys players championship leader after four weeks of play. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Quincy Inunua, Eric Decker, and the Jets passing offense coming back right after these messages on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Football Guys Players Championship offering a $250,000 grand prize, a $1.8 million prize pool, and we are speaking with the, the leader. future champion. For the future champion. Uh, we're speaking maybe with the future champion. We don't know, but he's certainly in the driver's seat right now. Buff Shapiro leading the FPC as we head into week five in October of the NFL season. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. And Buff, let's talk about the Jets passing offense because it's been pretty – uh, well, it's, it's been a, a, a conversation piece, uh, to put it nicely, throughout the first four weeks of the season. Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker looking very good, uh, putting up good numbers. Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, throwing a, you know, essentially as many interceptions as completions this year. But he is putting the ball up. There's been a lot of passing attempts in that offense. We know Eric Decker is not playing this weekend due to an injury. We know Quincy Inunua is probably going to be starting on the outside for the Jets in Decker's place. So now, as long as Decker is out, do you view Anunwa as startable in that offense 
that passes uh, a lot? Or do you think the majority of, of those Decker targets are simply going to go to Brandon Marshall? Uh, I, th- I think they're going to, I think Quincy's going to get some. I mean, he looked, was it the first game of the year that he looked great or the second? I don't remember which one it was, but in the first half he went crazy at like five or six receptions. It was a Thursday night game and uh, against the Bills. So I, I think he'll be good. I mean, if you have to, I mean, if your team's that weak and you have to start him, then I guess he's startable. I would just, I wouldn't want to be in that position. He's one of those guys too, like, and and you brought it up. I mean, Nunun was crushing. I think that was week two. I think it was week two or three. I can't remember, but it was that Thursday night game against the Bills. And Nunun had like five, five for like seventy in the first half, and then he got hurt right away in the second half. And I think he missed the rest of the game. Otherwise, he could have had a an absolute bananas game uh, with with Decker and Marshall healthy. I mean, those everybody would they were at full strength that game uh, for the Jets, and Nunun was really crushing it. So I think that. Um, and Nunwa, we at least I tend to look at the upside of what this guy, a guy like this, could provide in Week Five. And sometimes I forget about how low his floor could be. He could just go two for twenty-eight, and I'll just be kicking myself. In uh, well, in Carrington is the only league I'm playing him in, but I'll be <laughs> kicking myself if he does go for that. I mean, maybe Marshall has like a twelve for one forty or something like that performance. I don't, I don't really know <laughs> well, how these targets signed, are going to be divvied up. You know, they got they signed Jenkins. He's, he's they're going to work him into the offense. I mean, he he has skills if he can lay off the liquor. <laughs> yeah, and, and I did read a blurb this week that I think it was Todd Bowles saying that ASJ was going to have a role this week. So it sounds like he's going to be active, and and maybe he maybe some of the targets that Decker was getting before uh, are going to be going to ASJ too. I think that that's. Uh, worth bringing up as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think Quincy's startable this week. I just think after that is a big question mark. So let's talk about your first place FPC team and your running backs. You own Arian Foster, you own Jay Ajayi, and uh, you probably heard some pretty good news this week that they're not doing the four-headed running back by crappy committee. Couldn't believe that didn't work. God, so stupid. <laughs> so are you going to be starting uh, Jay Ajayi now that uh, Gase has seemingly scrapped that beautiful piece of work? No, sir, I will not be starting uh, any Miami <laughs> running back until I see something out of them. I mean, they're still going to be playing Foster. Foster might be back this week. Drake's still supposed to get the ball. So instead of four heads, they're going to have three heads. And if not three heads, they're going to have two heads. And they're just not a good running team. I mean, I, I want nothing to do with them. I mean, they'll sit on my bench until they, you know, until they prove themselves. So who, who are your regular normal starting running backs that you just roll out every week? For this for this team, um, let me see. Uh, Demarco Murray, Melvin Gordon, uh, Murray and Gordon, Latavius Latavius Murray, who he's got, he sure shit the bed. I mean, I, I, that, that, that that's a three headed monster there. Now, I mean, he's he's not even getting any love, and he's hurt this week. And then I got Blunt as well. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to just just the role with, you know, Gordon and Murray and then four receivers. Yeah, Murray and Gordon, I mean, Gordon's been fantastic this year. I, well, I would, you know, I just listen to those names, and I think all three, you know, the big three on, on that team, uh, Gordon, Murray, and uh, and uh, Blount, all three of those guys have, have outperformed. Well outperformed. They're, they're, they're where they were going in drafts. I think Murray has been quite – and you know what's weird about with Murray – Henry's actually been getting fewer and fewer carries. He was a guy, Dave, in the main event leagues, 
in Vegas, I see Derrick Henry climbing up ADP yep. uh, more and more. And, and it seems like Tennessee, for whatever reason, is, is giving DeMarco Murray more of an opportunity. Now, I don't know if they want to get him more touches early on in the season, and then if he starts slowing down, maybe they give Derrick Henry the load uh, in the later months, or maybe they just think they're going to suck and they want to see what they have in, in a young player like Derrick Henry in November and December. I don't know, but Murray's crushing it right now. Gordon is, is finally delivering uh, the value that the Chargers thought they were going to get with him last year. Uh, and then LeGarrette Blount. I mean, you could say, say what you will about how the Patriots operated while they didn't have Tom Brady, and maybe there was more of a focus on LeGarrette Blount and the rushing game. But he's been great as well. So you have those three guys, a couple with, uh, with some strong receivers and tight ends, and uh, voila, the football guys. Yeah, I, mean, I, love Mel- I love Melvin, Gor- Melvin Gordon. I got him on nine out of, I think, nine out of my 12 teams I, wow, in the sixth impressive. round, seventh round. I just I, I knew he would be a stud. Obviously, some things fell my way with Woodhead getting hurt and uh, Oliver getting hurt. So that it, you know, all that worked out for me. Hey Buff, let's uh, let's go to the emails here and uh, and read a couple that we have for you tonight. The first one's from Tony mm-hmm. in Hepner, Oregon. He writes in, "How far in advance do you look at bye weeks when it comes to rostering players who will fill in for your teams down the road?" Thanks, Buff. Thank you, Tony, for the email. This is always an interesting question that we talk with with high stakes owners. Like typically, they're they're not just you know Wednesday they they check their rosters. Oh, I gotta pick up a defense or a kicker or a quarterback this week or whatever. They're they're sort of looking at that down the road. Buff, I don't know how you fall in on that. If if you're looking, um, you know, just for that specific week, or if you're trying to plan out your moves two or three weeks in advance. No, I I try to plan them out two two to three weeks in advance, especially because when I draft, I don't. I mean, some people pay attention to their bye weeks. I take the best player available. I mean, if I end up with four guys on a bye, then so be it. You know, that, that's, I'd rather get the best player that I think the best player and not worry about, you know, when they're off. And I always try to plan everything out, you know, two to three weeks in advance. Oh, this, this question, I mean, it's interesting because we already talked about Russell Wilson, um, but we'll, we'll frame it the way John in Hempstead, New York, has framed it. He writes, what Seahawk knee are you more worried about, Russell Wilson's or Tyler Lockett's? Uh, both of them battling <laughs> knee injuries right now. Which one has you more concerned, uh, Wilson or Lockett, Buff? W- Wilson, because he's on my team. <laughs> Lockett, <laughs> I mean, Lockett, I'm not I, – I mean – he, I never thought he was going to do much anyway, so I, I don't know if his knee really – I really haven't been doing too much thinking about Lockett's knee. Russell Wilson I have on a couple teams, so that's more my concern. Dave, did you, I, mean, I don't know if we've talked about Tyler Lockett on the show a whole lot. He was a, a guy that was, was really climbing up ADP, climbing up a lot of people's boards as we got closer uh, to the end of August. Underperformed this year, and I don't know how much of it is – Russell Wilson's, you know, not being able to perform how he did in the second half of last year, performing more like how, like what Buff said, performing how he did in the first half of 2015. What do you make of Tyler Lockett the rest of the way? I, mean, I don't really like him the rest of the way. I don't really like him coming into the season. I didn't draft him anywhere. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I, again, I, I think he's pretty, he has some talent. But he's a small speed type receiver. He's never going to get – I agree. The, the Seahawks don't have a ton of targets to distribute. They just don't throw a ton of targets to anybody. Baldwin's going to get the most, so then he gets the scraps. I just don't think he's – he definitely wasn't worth where he was getting drafted. He was way overdrafted. Buff, your thoughts on uh, Tyler Lockett? 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. I took um, I, I play in a thousand dollar league between my friends, and I got Lockett in the. I got him in the seventh round. I, you know, whatever. I, I thought there was good value in the seventh round, and I've I've cut him already. I mean, I just I don't see it happening. I think Jimmy Graham, you know, he's starting to. He's starting to earn his money. I think he's going to be the number two receiver from this point on, even when Lockett comes back healthy. I agree about Graham. Graham's looking – I mean, 200-yard games in a row, he's looking fantastic. I think it's safe to say that – Graham may be the number one over on Baldwin. Yeah, Jimmy Graham and Russell Wilson, all things are good under that roof right now. He's moved past the Drew Brees, love triangle, whatever was going on in New Orleans, and found a very happy home with Russell Wilson. Just like a guy who comes out of prison, he's gone straight. All right, moving on. So, uh, Buff, we'd like you to give us an early-round stud – that people should seriously consider benching this week, as well as a player that not many people think that they should be starting this weekend that uh, you think he's going to have a good performance. Uh, poor, poor old Gronk. People are coming up to him in the grocery store yelling at him. And now I'm going to throw him <laughs> under the bus and tell everybody to bench him. And I would say the player I would, I would start is uh, Tyrell Williams from the Chargers. I, I think against the Raiders – you know, crappy defense, which is the Raiders are my team, but they had a terrible defense. I think Tyrell Williams is in for finally a big game. Bench Gronk, start Tyrell. Now, I'm actually starting Tyrell Williams in uh, the Kentucky Auction League this week. So That's awesome. Yeah, well, that is awesome. Luck with that, I, yeah, I feel a lot better about it now. <laughs> I have the Football Guys Players Championship leader telling me to do it. So I'm, approval. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. Listen, Buff, this was uh, quite a treat for us. We uh, certainly enjoyed speaking with you tonight. Uh, and uh, I wish you best of luck the rest of the way in the FPC and all your leagues. And uh, I, I wish you a very profitable and, uh, hope, uh, you know, excellent uh, basketball season basketball as well. Year. Yep. Well, I appreciate I, it, guys. I, I, uh, nice I hope uh, everything works out very as well. Very nice uh, talking, well. guys. Well, thank you so much, Buff. We certainly appreciate it. Hi, right, buddy. Good luck. Buff Shapiro the leader of the Football Guys Players Championship. He's got a cool, memorable name. Yeah. And he's a sports handicapper. He needs a 900 number. He needs a service. He needs the late phones. He's got to start putting it out there. Yeah. And uh, for, for the first thing he should do is put out his fake five-year record like everybody else does. I'm a documented 71% winner. Blah, 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 blah. No one ever checks that crap. You know what? We should start saying that on, the, on this podcast to how, how our picks and how our advice has helped all these people win all this money. Um, because I'll tell you the one thing, people are not going back and listening to all those shows to find out we're lying. <laughs> yeah, that's they, true. I mean, they would just, they would like, start ah, sits. 80% start sits. That Balkman guy looks like an honest guy. He's probably telling the truth. Yeah, that's a good idea. Does not look like he's smart with fantasy, though. <laughs> I can tell that by looking at him. Um, or listening to your dynasty trades. Or listening to my dynasty. You know, what's very funny is I don't really make a whole lot of dynasty trades. And when I, I it's like the world's most interesting man. I don't make a whole lot of dynasty trades, but when I do, I prefer to get the worst end of the deal possible. <laughs> Just really awful. Yeah. So for, and you know what? I'm still the second highest scoring team in that league. Think how good it could have been with Hyde. My team has got 10 people hurt, so whatever. Yeah, that's frustrating. Not, it's all good. Yeah, it, it is all good, and we're going to have more good stuff coming up when we answer your emails and tweets coming up right after this on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The HSFF Hour rolls on here. I'm Eric Balkman. He's the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave Gerzak. We are taking your emails, tweets, and actually a text message this week as well. What? Did we do that? Oh, yeah. We're doing that right now. Tweet, 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 tweet. If you've got 
a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakeFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakeFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Yeah, don't do that. I I wanted to bring this up too. Aaron, uh, that we work with at our day job, Aaron, Aaron could could not stop talking about Westworld today. Yeah, went on went on Facebook. He's talking about basically the same thing. It's like he read his Facebook post about the show (laughs) verbatim to me today. He is so excited about this show. I got to tell you, you might have to watch it now. No, it's the exact opposite effect. See, I just, I'm, I'm liking it less. I, I just, when, when somebody is this excited about it, it uh, gives me pause. I had seen a little bit of it, and it, it seemed interesting. So it's, it's interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> Not as interesting as this email from uh, Wayne in Pontiac, Michigan. Dear Donald and Hillary, clearly I'm Donald. I don't want to talk about Donald tonight. He's a. Uh, do you? He's putting his eleven, his foot in his mouth from eleven years ago. Do you think Latavius Murray is due to miss more time than just this week? And is Jalen Richard a must own right now? Voter die. That is Wayne in Pontiac, Michigan. I always love the voter die campaign. <laughs> you know, let me answer this one first. Okay. I, I don't. Are you asking Wayne in Pontiac, Michigan, this or me? I'm, I'm answering it. I'm not. Oh, answering. okay. All right. I don't know because <laughs> I don't own any Raiders running backs, and I, I just don't really have a good handle. We should have had our... I'm, I'm inclined not to like anything involving Murray because I, I, right. I just don't think he's all that great. Right. We should have had our uh, resident uh, Raiders superfan, Farrell Elliott, on tonight. He probably could have... He would give you I, the insight. You know, I can tell you this. He did not like DeAndre Washington at the start of the season. I know he did like Latavius Murray. I don't know what his feelings are, and I think you have to, no matter what you felt about those guys at the start of the season... You have to revisit it now because turf toe is no joke. The only thing I'll say for sure, Balky, is that the Raiders are going to take a running back in the first, second, or third round next year. I'd bet five bucks on it. Uh, should we do that as well? <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, What's the, the, Giants, the Giants. Giants, the Giants. Yeah. And, and you know what's frustrating is it is such a good running back class next year. I know. Which gives me pause. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to do it. Um, where was DeAndre Washington? He was like a fifth or sixth round. He was just a, some garbage an, an S-bag. Yeah, as as the kids call him, um, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Come on, I just, I'm I, trying to bait you into it. I know, you know. Right, first, okay. How well, about this? Hold on. First 75 picks. Now we're talking. They don't even take running backs in the first 75 picks anymore, Paul. That is that not worse for me? No, three rounds of an NFL draft is at least 90 some picks. Oh, There's I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So 75, so 64. So that's like, that'd be 96 like two picks. and a two and a third essentially of rounds. No, not two and a third. Seventy-five is less than two and a half. Yeah, so is two and a third. Oh, you just said two and a third. <laughs> I thought you meant two and two thirds. Apparently, neither one of us is listening <laughs> to what the other one is talking about tonight. Yeah, well, um, we talk over the guests too. That's the other bad. Thing. Yeah, that was. We bad. need to learn how to do that. It, it's it. The, I blame BTR. Hashtag blame BTR. Um, the connection is not good. Okay, fine. I will do that. Okay, first, the, first 79 uh, picks? The, no, 75. Well, 75 right? the, the Raiders do not select first two in, uh, a two running back. Uh, the <laughs> Raiders do not select a running back in the first 75 picks of the 2017 NFL draft. I got five on it. I got five that they do. I got five on it. Also, I never like to repeat the whole thing that you just said. Yeah, you don't have to. I, I think people get to just okay, do it. Okay, screw it up. Okay, Raiders and 75. I want to do more of these draft bets because then I'll enjoy the NFL draft more. Before we answer this question, we should bring up the I got five on it we made last night. 
Yes, unfortunately, we should. We were watching the Niners-Cardinals game, and I don't know how the we got on the subject of Randall Cobb, but uh, I was talking about how he has not been doing very well this year. And you said, oh, he's not been that bad. I'm like, yes, he has. And then we were arguing over how many points he had put up, and um, I said, I guarantee you he's put up fewer points than what you think. And then you set the arbitrary total of 33 points on the season. Yeah. I said I'd take the under. You said you'd take the over. We yep. put five on it, and it was 26.4. Yep, so I lost. So let's put that I new. Got throw, you're, scoring at home. you're scoring at home. I lost that one. Right? Now official. <laughs> and I obviously won the Terrence West one last week, which gives me two wins on the season. You also have two wins on the season. And assuming Marshawn Lynch does not come back, we have a push. We'll, we'll see. Two, two, and one. The rest of the board. Not looking good for this guy. It's like looking like Hillary's like electoral map. I, I'm, I, looking good. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get into uh, <laughs> politics, but I will say that you have a commanding lead. All right. It, is, it has not been a good season for the bulk man. No, you can come back, bulky. Oakland Raiders running back. I believe Latavius Murray does miss more than one game with turf toe, and I think that's a good thing if you own Murray and Washington. You don't want both of them out there. Uh, you you want one guy controlling the action, and this helps Washington. Jalen Richard, the football guys audible show last night. They were talking about Jalen Richard potentially being a league winner this year. Now I will not go that far and and say that Richard could be the difference in uh, winning you some serious cash this year. Although I think as at right now you have to roster this guy. I don't like rostering a player whose last name is Richard, pronounced Richard, like Maurice Rocket Richard. Like One it. of the greatest NHL players of all time. What sport? Hockey. Yeah, I don't watch. The hockey. real man sport. I don't even watch <laughs> hockey. I don't follow it at all. But the I know that man. I know that they're very tough guys. Richard. Um. So okay. So you're not. Did you you didn't put any bids on Jalen Richard this week? Uh, no. Mostly because I don't really think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sure. I, 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 I Listen. People I don't listen get involved, this, with, I don't people, get involved with the Raiders running back. Okay, though. that's fine. I mean that that is a a viable answer. Uh, let's move on to Allen in Denver, Colorado. Hi, guys. With Powell semi-breaking out last week and Forte dinged up after a monster opening season workload, what are the chances that Powell starts out-touching Forte sooner rather than later? Um, for me, the chances are less than 50-50. I still think Forte's the man. He practiced in full today. I think that they want him toting the rock uh, more than Bilal Powell. That said, Forte is not a young man. I believe he could be breaking down. And Blau Paulo is a must-own, and obviously in all leagues. I didn't really see him get dropped after those first couple of no. weeks um, that, that he got off to a slow start. Keep him on your roster. And honestly, with Forte misses, Blau Paulo is a slam-dunk start for me as a second running back. Well, I mean, Blau Paulo could be is like an RB1 type player because he's such a, a, such a great passer. Think about how he was at the end of last season. Yeah, he's fantastic. So if Forte actually goes out, you're looking at an RB1. Um, yeah, Forte is the more talented player, so I think Forte is definitely the guy that's going to get all the carries as long as he's able to. Not all the carries. He's going to get the preponderance, preponderance of carries. Preponderance. Yeah, you like that? Big words. The second longest word I've heard today behind uh, imperturbability. <laughs> or was that what it was? Imper- imperturbability? Imperturbability. Yeah, which apparently uh, you and I have a lot of. <laughs> I'm very imperturbable. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so there you go with Bilal Powell. Do not cut him. He could, they, that guy could be a league winner for people like he was last year. Mark in Champaign, Illinois, is Jennings worth waiting for Sunday night? And if he doesn't go, who would you start between Darkwa and Rainey as your second flex? Thanks, Cheeseheads. That's Mark in Champaign, Illinois. Thanks for the email. Mark, 
Giants running backs, big subject uh, ever since Jennings went down. It sounds like Jennings will not play once again this week, Dave. The uh, New York Giants will be trotting out Orleans Darqua and Bobby Rainey against the Packers Sunday night. The Packers, by the way, the leading rush defense in the NFL. You want to take a guess at how many yards per carry they're giving up? Uh, 3.3. 1.8. Are you serious? Absolutely filthy. I think second place is like 3.3 or 3.4. Wow, now you look crazy. at the teams that they've played. Jacksonville, who just cannot get their running game going. Um, uh, Minnesota, who had Adrian Peterson go down early in that game, or maybe it was early in the second quarter, whatever it was. And then the other win was against Detroit, and we all know that that running game has just not been able to um, sustain anything this season. Having said that, I mean, the fact that that is such a low number that it's hard to believe. Granted, it's going to go up, you know, go to the mean, return to the mean. But it's just... That's so low that yeah. the rush defense has to at least be pretty darn good. And I'll tell you this. Even in a small sample size, it's, you know, it's so low that even in a small sample size, it's pretty good. I'll say this as well. I might be going out on a limb, Dave, but I don't think Orleans Darqua or Bobby Rainey are first ballot Hall of Famers. <laughs> I would say you're right. I don't think that that running game gets right this week with those two guys in Green Bay, with Green Bay coming off of a bye. Uh, with the Giants having the short week playing Monday night football yeah, this past week, having to go on the road. Uh, and you add in the aspect of they want to get Odell Beckham going. They want to have him get this breakout under his belt. Maybe he calms down after he has like a, a 10 for 140 and two touchdown type game. And I'll tell you, the Packers secondary has been an absolute That's their weakness. car accident oh, this sure. year. Yeah. Oh my God. Stefan Diggs torched them. Um, Allen Robinson did all right uh, against them. And then uh, Marvin Jones, 200 yards. Yeah. I mean, my God. <laughs> so I, I think that Beckham gets right this week. We actually talked about this on the high stakes lowdown this week with Joe Bianco. I said, anytime I've had the opportunity to throw the Packers defense under the bus, I usually do. And I think this is the week that Beckham uh, gets right. Uh, and, and I think he does have a breakout. And so, we're, we're, not talk- we're talking about him a lot less on Monday. So wasn't the question about some running backs? Yeah, so, the, the, so, so, the, so the, the point is, if you, can, if you have to play... You're a presidential candidate where they ask a question and then you talk about some other thing. No, maybe I'm preparing yeah. for my run to yeah. be... Terrorism to be, sucks. Yeah. I'm going to stop it. Yeah. Let me tell you something about terrorism. Bobby <laughs> Rainey is not a great running back, and here's why. No, but in all honesty, if you have to play a running back this weekend, and it has to be Darkwa or... First of all, I don't think Jennings is worth waiting for because I don't think he plays. If, if you have to play Darkwa or Rainey, I'm playing Rainey because he, you know, he, he had the most snaps last week in the Giants' backfield. He caught seven passes, and I believe that the Giants are probably going to be coming, trying to come from behind. I don't think that their secondary is going to slow down the Packers' offense. So I like Bobby Rainey as a better start than Darkwa. Darkwa is like the be, between the, the yeah. tackles guy, and that's where the Packers' strength is on their rush defense this year. And I'll tell you this, another thing, Mike Daniels, after, last, or after the Packers' last game, when he was walking into the locker room, the first thing he said to reporters was he asked, are we still number one? So clearly, the, you know, in rush defense, clearly this is at the forefront nice. of that front seven's mind. They want to shut down the run. They're not going to have any problems doing it Sunday night. So stay away from the Giants running backs. You have to play one. It's rainy. Yeah, I totally agree, actually. And I, I look at the, like the football guys' projections. Actually, have Darkwood just a little bit ahead of Rainey. But I think Rainey has a higher floor. He's going to get the targets. Like you said, it's highly likely that they're going to be playing from behind. They're a seven-point dog. Twenty-seven to twenty would be the you know the projected score. Right. It's a forty-seven over/under. 
I think Rainey's the safer play by far. I think that's who you go with. I mean, Dark was the one who's going to get the touchdown if they get a goal line touchdown, but the odds of that, I think he has maybe a 20% chance to get one of those real short yard, short yardage touchdowns. That's more of like a, uh, if you play in a standard league. Right. You, I mean, PPR, you're looking, I think Rainey's the play. And as I say standard league, my good friend Aaron, uh, I won't reveal his, well, he probably wouldn't care. Um, my good friend Aaron in Madison, Wisconsin, used to be a sports reporter under me when I was sports editor at the uh, Advanced Titan in Oshkosh. That's oh, one of your employees. Texted me. One of your lackeys. One of my lackeys texted me, and he has a, an, an SOS this week. I feel like since we don't do the Hootis show anymore, I might as well um, have Rob play the, uh, the production here. So go ahead, Rob. Look, if you're sitting out, if you're on Hilton Head Island right now, with a hurricane coming, you deserve to get, whatever, have a tree falling. Speaking of hurricane, let's bring that back to fantasy. There was some question whether the Dolphins game would actually get moved or postponed or potentially moved to a different week. Remember, we had this issue with the, with the Washington game last year. Uh, sounds, it's always a nightmare. Sounds like the hurricane um, did not really hit South Beach at all, and that game will be played as normal. I don't know if there's any other NFL scheduling issues with the hurricane that are coming to play. I know there's some question with the Carolina Tampa game on Monday night, but that sounds like it's going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, it's weakening to this, at this point. And uh, I think that'll be, I think that's fine. And I mean, Baltimore is at home as well, but it's not going to, it sounds like it's going to curve around. Okay. So there you go. Let's get to this SOS from Aaron Marshall, Demarius Thomas, Julian Edelman, Stefan Diggs for two wide receiver spots. So not Diggs. What was it? Marshall, Demarius um, Thomas, Julian Edelman. Edelman. I have to look up the matchups, Paul. I, I have the matchups. All right, let's hear them. Okay, so the matchups, and there's a, this is so this you got digs out sort, of, so a, sort of a two-part question, just so you're aware. Okay, so Brandon Marshall uh, this week, Dave, it is a noon game at Pittsburgh. Yeah, Marshall for sure. Okay, Demarius Thomas plays uh, at home against the Atlanta Falcons. That's a late game. Okay. And then Julian Edelman at Cleveland, also a early game. Edelman's questionable, but he's going to play. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, the, the, the report, I think it was Ben Bolin from the Boston Globe, said that Edelman was moving around fine in practice today. I'd probably roll with Edelman, actually. Okay. You have to pick two. Edelman and Marshall. Okay, so Edelman. So you're sitting Demarius Thomas. I hate to do it, but yeah. Okay. I, I said um, Marshall and Demarius Thomas. All right. Okay. Now, he said he could start all three. I mean, assuming that you're benching Diggs. He could start Marshall, Demarius, Thomas, Edelman. This is standard, by the way. We're using it like four touchdowns this week. This is standard, not PPR. Okay. But if he does start all three, he has to bench Terrence West. Would you bench Terrence West? So it's standard. I don't know how to play standard leagues, Balky. And Terrence West this week is at home against the Washington Redskins. Um, you know, with Dixon coming back, I'd probably roll out the three receivers. It's just, it's, you know, I'm not used to playing these standard leagues. Exactly what I told him. Yeah. I say he's he wanted to, to start West. I said, listen, there's uncertainty with Dixon coming back. I'll tell you where there's not uncertainty. Julian Edelman with Tom Brady throwing to him. Yep. Not worried about that whatsoever. I am worried about that. How that Baltimore backfield is going to shake out. Yeah, and that Denver game could turn into a shootout with Atlanta. It might a little bit of. I mean, their defense is good. I, you I know, think quick, Ryan's coming back down to earth a little bit. Quick pop quiz. Yes. How many points were scored in the Falcons Panthers game last week? Total. Total. The total prior to the game was 48. 
<laughs> yeah, uh-huh. 81 points. And the Falcons hit the uh, the total by themselves. Nice. Uh, so that hopefully, Aaron, that helps you out, man. Hello, Gerzak and Balkman. Jim Bob Cooter said this week that he thinks Golden Tate is going to break out. Are you seeing that happening as well? Thank you for the email, Ed, in San Jose, California. No. I, I totally agree. <laughs> I think that this is coach speak. This is trying to um, make Golden Tate feel like he's going to have a breakout game, making him feel better with Marvin Jones, kind of usurping him as the number one receiver in that offense. Until And we actually... Uh, Matt Schauff and I uh, talked about this because we own Golden Tate and the Scott Fishbowl. Matt Schauff of Draft Sharks. Of uh, Draft Sharks. Uh, award-winning fantasy projection website. <laughs> so he and I were talking about um, Golden Tate yep. and um, whether we would start him or not. And that's the league you have to – no defense, no kicker. You start – Which is terrible, by the way. All these quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends. It's just, it's just all like, you know, it's, you can pretty much start everybody you want. Golden Tate's on our bench this week. There you go. Smart. We just, I mean, I, and I said, listen, I don't care what the coaches say until I, it's like what Buff Shapiro brought up, um, uh, you, you know, in his interview. I got to see it first. And, and if I miss out on Golden Tate having a, you know, eight for 170 and three touchdowns on my bench, so be it. Because he has, he, I, Dave, I don't even think he's top 45 yards receiving one game this season. Oh, he's awful. That's it, terrible. So and, and you were the one wanting to draft him, right? Uh, well, I mean, back this was a. I mean, when we draft the Scott no, Fishbowl teams, this I was, was like Shoth, May. I was shocked that wanted. No, there. no, I mean, well, I mean, we he was like our third or fourth round pick, and I don't think either one of us was like. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe Golden yeah. Tate's here, but we were both like, oh, this would be solid value yeah. to get him here. Um, so I, you know, we had no problems. You know, of course, I regret it because we played John Brown ahead of him last night, and that. <laughs> Really turned out poorly for us. One for 12? Yeah, and, you know, I saw a tweet today um, that uh, uh, Jake Rickrode actually either favored or retweeted, and um, it was from somebody in the industry that said, anybody who owns John Brown in your league that just looked at the box score and did not see how involved he was in the offense last night, go ahead and, and start sending him trade offers now. And I didn't really notice that he was involved, but I mean, I probably wasn't watching the game as closely as this guy was. Well, we were out at a bar last night, and we were having a few drinks and just shooting the booze. Yeah, exactly. And then there was a game on. But apparently, John Brown was heavily involved in what Arizona was trying to do to move the football last night. Uh, so I, I feel, you know, okay about him long term. I, I or, you know, the rest of the season. David Johnson. That, that was the whole. They, they were the wrecking crew last night. It. We yeah. didn't really talk about that game a, a whole we lot. Did. I mean, yeah, it was the Fitz and David Johnson show. That's it. That's like everything not seem to talk about. Um, going forward, Carlos Hyde. We I keep waiting for this whole hey, let's run the ball, being down by three scores in the fourth quarter. It's so crazy. Is it? I mean, are we just going to have it continue? Well, Chip Kelly actually you know, came out today and said, "I'm not naming any starters for our next game at all." At all. <laughs> so he's reevaluating everything. I like it. I like it. Uh, I don't think Carlos Hyde's getting benched. I, cl- I clearly don't think he's the problem with that team. Um, but how much longer can you keep? I mean, they literally have nobody downfield to pass it to. Jeremy Curley had a great game. Torrey Smith is... Yeah, when, when Curley is like your number one receiver, the guy you just pick up off the scrap heap, because he's the only guy who knows how to play wide receiver like a professional on that team, that tells you something. And that's why they're using Hyde, because Hyde's actually probably the most talented offensive player. So he's really the guy that's like the centerpiece of the offense. Yeah, he really is. Um, the uh, the thing that scares me um, about making this deal where I lose out on Carlos Hyde 
is that they, they really can't throw to catch up uh, because they don't have anybody good downfield to throw to, um, and they don't have a quarterback that can put the, the ball in a position where these receivers can catch it and do something with it. And we saw that last night where Rod Streeter was wide open for like an 80-yard touchdown, and Blaine Gabbert, I don't, even, I don't know what field he was throwing into, <laughs> but it certainly wasn't the one that the game was going on. Well, the thing with Hyde is, I mean, you don't really have to worry about him anymore. He's just kind of an automatic start unless you're super insanely deep. We saw this in the in the chat room as well, and I feel like we should bring it up um, because it was not in the rundown and we didn't get any emails on this. But Doug Martin, Dave, uh, and we'll bring it up from both, both the injury concerns for both teams on Monday Night Football this week, Carolina and Tampa Bay. Let's talk about Tampa first. Doug Martin expected to miss again, not playing. Mm-hmm. Charles Sims has been pretty good from a fantasy standpoint the last couple of weeks, filling in for Martin. He hasn't practiced yet. We'll have to see if he practices tomorrow because obviously Tomorrow's that's the big day yeah. for a Monday night game. But if he doesn't go, Jack Wiz Rogers and Peyton Barber yeah. could be the guys carrying the load <laughs> on Monday. We talked about how we're not scared of this Carolina defense anymore. Uh, I'll just say it right now because, I again, this is not – if somebody wants to overbid me in the Kentucky Auction League for uh, Jack Wiz Rogers, Sue go it. ahead. Sue it. Not for oh, Kentucky. Oh, because that's right. Right. All right. Um, but I have uh, Sims in that league as my number two running back, and I'm just throwing it in on, on Rogers. The problem with doing this in other formats where you don't own Sims, it's a Monday night game. Right. So unless you're counting on Cameron Artis Payne or Fozzie Whitaker, there's no point in picking up Jack Wiz Rogers when you can't really play him with any kind of confidence knowing that Sims could still play when waivers get processed tonight. That's my fee- and, I, and I bid uh, on Rodgers over Barber. The Carolina aspect, I'll let you talk about this more because you, you guys own him in the big payback in Kentucky. I think you own Cam in a couple other spots too, right? Uh, yeah, I own Cam in the Scott Fishbowl. And actually, oh, in the Scott Fishbowl, there you During go. the show, I picked up Derek Anderson, actually. Ah, okay, so that's that's what I was going to ask you because... And I found out that I was I, had, I was only starting one quarterback, you can start two, and I right. had Bortles on by. Wait, you didn't know you could start two quarterbacks? No, I forgot. I, I, I knew oh. I could, but I wasn't thinking about it when okay. I set the lineup. Um, so then I picked up um, Kessler, too. So oh, I've, there you go. I have the great... This is, this is so great. Kessler and, and Derek Anderson. Yeah. Those are two awesome quarterbacks. Both. Yeah. Well, okay, so my point that I was going to bring up is if you own Cam Newton, Derek Anderson to me is a slam dunk pickup. Yeah, You can't pick up Winston in leagues. I mean, he's obviously owned. Right. So if you want to still roll with Cam uh, on Monday night, you have to pick up Anderson. That's the only way because otherwise you're going to get skunked if if Newton's out. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You just start the other guy. Like in in the leagues where we have Cam, we have other options. Like we have Derek Carr in there, and he's close enough. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay, so that's my uh, that's my feelings on uh, the injuries that are going on on Monday. That's your feelings on that. And that's our show uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Buff Shapiro, the leader of the Football Guys Players Championship, heading into week five. Going to have to hit that guy up with some uh, some basketball picks as the season goes yeah. on. Hey, Just, Buff, how's it going? Who, yeah. do you, who do you like tonight? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and hopefully we can uh, make a little money uh, there, legally speaking, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, so I want to thank him for coming. I want to thank the FFPC. I want to thank Dave Gerzek, Rob, our mutual friend and producer, Bryce, our audio engineer. And most of all, all of you beautiful, gorgeous people that tune in every Friday night and listen to us. Such a treat uh, to have you guys uh, tune in and uh, hang out with us for, you know, whatever it is, 75 minutes here on uh, every Friday night. It's uh, very exciting. 
It's going to be an exciting week five. Tom Brady is back. We'll see what it means for Gronk. We'll see what Kenneth Dixon does with the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. A lot of storylines. Good luck in all of your fantasy matchups, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, of course, your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I gotta go cause I got me a drop top, and if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop. Had to stop at a red light, looking in my mirror, not a jacker in sight. I have brought this up, but anybody who is dealing with the hurricane, be safe. <laughs> Get out of there. If, if they're listening to our podcast to be given the be safe advice, that's a little bit of a problem. You know, I think it's around the TV, weather channel, you know, if, you know, if you're listening to this podcast for any advice, it's a bit of a problem. <laughs> it's on ham radio.